Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. Y'all give it up for Mr. Bob, Father of the House. Hey, hey, hey. We've already had church, haven't we? Awesome. Hey, before we get going, we want to uh, spread the love. You know, I was talking to Colin and it's KD and Jaquan, right? And KD is number 19 on the RB Hudson football team. And let me tell you something, you don't want any of KD. He will knock your head off. He is a ball player. Because when we went out and watched, I, I got numbers of the guys that come to Blue Jean that play football. I said, all right, what are our guys' numbers? One of them was 19, one was 13, and there's maybe another one. Anyway, but we got a clip. When I said that this morning and I saw them, I was like, their last game, they, y'all, they haven't been scored on all year. What's the record? Six and oh? Seven and oh? Haven't had any points scored on them. Come on. And they're like dump trucking people. They had some real competition last week, and so they were telling me about it. And, and let's see, Jaquan is here too. He's our basketball star. So we got to come see you play basketball, right? All right. And so, but KD, today is your day. And when you came in, I was talking to Colin. Colin said, I got a clip of him or something. And I was like, I was like, well, we're going to play it in blue jean. And where's number 19? Yeah, give us a breakdown, Colin. Yo, it's crazy. I mean, a defense hasn't been scored on, and our last home game is on Tuesday. If we score 22 points, it'll be the highest scoring offense in the history of the school also. Crazy. Tuesday night, Tuesday night, we went to Greensboro and played a team that we had already beaten 34 to nothing, but they had adjusted to us this time. And so our opening drive, we went 11 plays, got down to their four-yard line before we fumbled, and then they had a 13-play drive to get down to our one-inch line where they got stuffed. And this is, this is going into the red zone on that, on that drive. You can see uh, they've adjusted. They're going to have an off, they're going to have a heavy formation, which means they have no wide receivers, which means KD, who's playing outside linebacker, you'll see the corner here, number 13, or uh, yeah, number 13, and then inside is the outside linebacker, KD. Watch him blow this play up. This is how you do it as an edge. somebody. That's what I'm talking about. That's so funny. That's so awesome. We're so proud of y'all. We're just so proud of y'all. This is the best thing that's ever happened. I'm so proud of you. We all are. And y'all's last game is Tuesday, right? Okay. 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 At home in Memorial Stadium. So we'll try to come if we can. All right. Do what? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and my and my big mouth. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get going. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Because you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. All right, y'all have been stirred up about repentance. 
I've been chewing on it, thinking about it, and uh, wrestling with it. And I'm, we're going to talk about it this morning. And, uh, you know, I've been wondering what it really means. Bishop Chuck talked about it last week, right? And I think, you know, David, uh, a couple of Sundays ago, said something about it. And, you know, and that got me thinking, David. I told you this morning, I've been wrestling about repentance. I want to know. See, I don't want to know what somebody else tells me. I want to know what the Lord says. And other people can speak into this. But I've been in the Word. And I've been praying. And I've been listening. And I want to share with you this morning what I've seen. Bishop Chuck, like I said, talked about it. And he said a couple of things that really stuck out to me. He said, one of the things he said is, we can't make Jesus just friendly. Because... He loses his power. He's the truth, and the truth sets us free. And so you can't just conform him to culture. And that really fit in with my message a couple of times ago when I talked about the what, what we have a tendency to do. We talked about Jonah, remember? And we talked about Jonah making an idol. And he said, when we cling to worthless idols, we forfeit the grace that could be ours. And the idol that was jumping out at me was Jonah wanted God to be like Jonah. He didn't want God to be God and Jonah to be like God. And so Bishop Chuck said, you can't just make Jesus friendly. He's the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you make him friendly, the truth sets us free. And so you just, you just kind of conform him to culture. We do the same thing Jonah wanted to do. We want to make Jesus look like us instead of us being like Jesus. And so when Bishop Chuck said that, I thought, hmm. And so this week I've been saying, Lord, have I done that? Am I doing that? You know, because here's the thing. I don't want what I want. I I really do want to know the truth and the way. Jesus, you're the one, and I want that. I don't want me. I I don't want what my thoughts are. And what my understanding is, I want what your understanding is, your truth. And so I've been wrestling with it, asking the Holy Spirit to show me. And we're going to detour just a second. I went to the scripture, and that is the gold standard. It's not what somebody said, it's the word, it's the scripture. And so I dug into the scripture. I looked up all the words about repentance, reading about it. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to give me revelation. Not not what I've always thought repentance was. I want the truth. I I want the truth from the Holy Spirit's perspective, not my understanding of it. You see? Because I've had different pictures of repentance throughout the years and some of them hadn't been good because I've seen the signs that say repent you know and it talks about uh, alternative lifestyles and you're, you're going to hell and that's mean that wouldn't make me want to come to Jesus if I saw a sign like that and so repent hasn't always been a happy word for me we're going to get into this and see that it is a loving thing It is a good thing. It is a gift. And it is something the heart of our Father gives us and wants us to walk in because He loves us. And He wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us, 
He wants us to walk in truth and abundant life. And so my mind is changing a little bit about repentance. I'm not so standoffish to the word because I believe the Holy Spirit's giving me his perspective, not the world's and not mine. So I looked in the scripture. You know, scripture says in Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So if you want to know, if you want to know the right steps and you want to know the way, it's right there. He's like, go to my word. Get in it. Wrestle with it. Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scriptures God breathed. And it's useful for teaching, correcting, re rebuking. And you know, I think for me, in doing what I did this past two weeks, really, getting in there, praying about it, meditating on it, chewing on it, thinking about it, talking about it, he's adjusted my thinking about repentance. And so the very thing that the scripture says what happened, happened. I want to share with you some things that I found out about repentance. It's important. It says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, the timeline there is Jesus uh, is going to start his ministry. He goes to the Jordan River. This is That's in Matthew thir th chapter 3. And he gets dunked in the river by John. And the Holy Spirit comes down on him and says, hey, this is my son whom I love. In him I'm well pleased. And then Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. He goes out there in the desert and, and uh, when he uh, is tempted by the enemy, Satan, he defeats the Satan with the word of God and then he comes out of the, of, of the desert and it says in, in Matthew 4, 17, from that time on Jesus preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. You know, he did a lot of things. He taught, you know, he healed, he delivered people from the enemy, from Satan and, devil, and demons. He did a lot of things. He had a ministry of compassion and all that. But when he preached, he preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, if Jesus is doing that, repentance must be pretty important, right? So I saw that. I was like, well, no wonder you got us thinking about it. This is a big deal to you, okay? I saw something else, too, that really spoke to me. Look with me. In the book of Matthew, chapter 2, oh, John the Baptist. It's Matthew. I'm using John. My bad. Matthew chapter 3. Now, John the Baptist was, he wore like, I mean, he wore funky clothes, right? He, he, did, he was not your normal guy, you know? He, uh, 
ate locusts and all that. He was not your normal cultural Christian or cultural believer. He lived out in the desert and all that, but he was a prophet like none other. And he, he helped people turn back to God. And so lots of people were going to see him, including the spiritual, the religious hoity-toities, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the leaders, the, the, the pastors of the big churches and the little churches and the, you know, the, the church people. They were going to check him out. They wanted to make sure this guy was the real deal, you know? And so they go out to him, and he sees them in chapter 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming out to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers. Now, he's talking to church people. He's talking to preachers and leaders in the church. He ain't talking to others. He said, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? And then he said this in verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. I read that and I thought, that's a good word right there. What that says to me, fruit is the result of something. Fruit is produced. And, and you can see it. It, it comes from something like a vine. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. Fruit is produced by the sap in a vine. And the fruit hangs on the vine. But you can see it. And it's fruit. It's produced. And he's telling the religious leaders, the church people, live your life in keeping with fruit of repentance. And so when I read that, I thought, well, well that seems like that has something to do with the way we're living, how we live, what we think, you know, what we do. There's some action involved with that, right? Live your life in keeping with the fruit of repentance, and it's not a one and done. It's not stop doing this, and then you're done. It's live your life in, in accordance with the fruit and produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So it's a lifestyle. But it can also be about something specific in your life. Josh sent me a, um, a great quote this week. And it's, this was the quote. Because I had shared with him at... Uh, at our staff meeting that I was wrestling with God on this topic. And he sent it to me. It said, repentance, listen to this, is a characteristics, is a characteristic of a life, not the action of a single moment, of the whole life. Not a single moment. When I read that, it's like a lifestyle. But I texted Matt, uh, Josh back and I said, Josh, I don't, I don't, that's a great quote, but I don't think it's either or. I think it's both. From what I'm seeing, it is a lifestyle, but it also is about specific action. You know? I mean, I know in my life, when I got in with Jesus, there were things that I knew were wrong that I was supposed to quit. It was sin. It was not right. And so I knew I was supposed to quit. But there was also this general view or this general mindset that I had 
that was very different than I had before. Let's talk for a second about the meaning of repentance and repent. Bishop Chuck mentioned it last week. It's the Greek word metanoia, okay? And I would not have known how to pronounce that had he not pronounced it, okay? And you wouldn't have either, so don't laugh at me. Comes from a Greek word, two Greek words, meta. That means to change, to do something different. Change. And it's, it's real easy to look at someone else and say, boy, you better change. Well, you better change. But the first place that we walk in repentance is, Lord, search me and know me. Where do I need to change? I want my thoughts, my mind, my understanding to line up with yours, not what I've always walked in. Take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's. So my first reaction when I heard old Bishop Chuck say, don't make Jesus just friendly. Don't reduce him to just somebody's friend. He is our friend. He is loving. He's all that, but he's also the truth. And he's all powerful. And so I said that week after Bishop Chuck preached, I said, Lord, am I doing that? I don't want to do that. If I've done that, show me. I want to be corrected. I want to adjust what I'm doing and what I'm saying so that I don't do that to you. So you show me. If I'm cool, I'm cool. But if I'm not, show me. And I want to change to think like you. Amen. That is repentance. It's changing my attitude and my thought. Listen to the second word. Meta, and then the second word is nous, N-O-U-S. And that means thoughts, perceptions, attitudes, preferences. The way that you think, the way that you, that you interpret, repent. Well, at some point in my life, and maybe there's a vestige of it, I, I kind of do like this when I hear repent because it's been used in a negative way, in a hurtful way for some people. And so when I hear repent, I'm like, ugh, but what I'm seeing is I shouldn't do that. We're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to talk about the heart of the Father with repent. And so I'm asking the Lord to give me his perspective on this. And his perspective is not, ugh, it's love. It comes from a place of love. It can only come from a place of love with God. We'll get to that in a minute. And so... What I realized, Bishop Chuck said, you got to change your thoughts. You got to change your attitudes. It's about changing your mindset. It's about changing the way you think. Okay? Change the way we think. John Calvin said this. I read in an article about it. I was reading. John Calvin, for those of y'all that didn't grow up in a Presbyterian church or something. We did, and I studied history, the Reformation and all that in college, so I, I read about John Calvin and knew about him. He was a theologian in France, and he was a Protestant, and one of, he wrote this incredible book called The Institutes of the Christian Faith, and he, he's you know really the grandfather of modern Presbyterianism, and one of the things he said was, this is a quote, 
He saw repentance as a consequence of faith. I read that and I thought, hmm. Well, you know what? I went back to when I got filled with the Spirit and saved. Up until that time in my life, I went to church. Because that's what nice people did. People didn't want to go to old drunk, laid up, bad, nasty old lawyer. They wanted to go to a respectable lawyer that knew the right people. So I went to church. And I remember, remember we were hiring somebody at the church that the idea this new preacher was going to have was meeting on Wednesday nights. And I, I remember telling Ann, I said, not me. I said, we're Presbyterians. If I wanted to go to church on Wednesday night, I'd go to the Baptist church. And now I, I'm here every Wednesday night because I want to be. I was wrong. Nobody else was wrong. I was wrong. That's not an indictment on anybody else but me. But when I got in with Jesus, when I gave my life to him, when he filled me, what began to happen to me was metanoia. My whole way of thinking changed. I quit thinking of God as being some aloof, off, distant, off, all this grandfather dude up there reading the paper and zapping people and punishing people for doing wrong. And when you did okay, he was all right with you. My whole perspective of the Father changed. And Jesus, I started loving them because I started to experience their love, their kindness, their compassion for me. It made me want to love them back. Just like a puppy. You love a puppy, you're sweet to a dog, they love you back. It just happens. So my perspective of God, my attitude, my thoughts, my mind changed towards God. Metanoia. Repentance. That ain't me. That's not bad. That's and, and the scripture backs this up, guys. I mean, it's in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. You know what it says? Paul writes, don't you know it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance? It's right there. And that's what happened to me. My mind changed because I got in with God. But you know what else happened? There were specific things in my life that I was doing that I began to realize I shouldn't be doing that anymore because it's wrong. So it was a whole life and a perspective, but it was also individual behavior. I know I uh, went on a canoe trip every summer, me and a bunch of guys. We went for probably 10 years. I loved that canoe trip. I had more fun. I was the, I was the worst one on the canoe trip. You can imagine what we did. I won't even go into details. We were just as bad as you could possibly be on a river, canoeing, camping out, and I loved it. When I got in with Jesus, I remember saying, because I'm a chicken liver, I like people to like me, and I don't want people to think I'm, you know, too religious and a goob for God and a Jesus freak and all that, and I don't want to lose all my friends because I'm such a, you know, fear of man. I've grown from that. 
thankfully, still there some, but I, I've come out of that a lot. But I remember praying, Lord, I don't want to go on this canoe trip. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it anymore because it's wrong. And I don't like how I do when I'm on the trip. And so I said, please, please don't make it happen because I'm too chicken to tell everybody I'm not going. And you know what? It didn't happen. And you know why? It's because I was the one getting it together. It was my fault in the first place. <laughs> and so metanoia, that's a specific thing that changed in my life where I had the clarity that that's not how I wanted to live anymore. Now, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm repenting. I was repenting this morning. <laughs> I was getting metanoia this morning about some things that the Holy Spirit was showing me. Hey, adjust this in your life. No condemnation. It was a happy thing. It's like, yeah, forgive me of that. Yeah, change my mind on it. Thank you, Jesus. You know? And so it's both. My water changed. His old John Claypool, some of y'all remember his cassette tapes we used to listen to 30 years ago. It's almost been 30 years since we got filled with the Spirit, Jerry. Crazy. We listened to those tapes, and he, he would say, and I've always remembered this, the Holy Spirit changes your wanter. What you want. You don't want what you used to want. Metanoia. That's repentance. Because he changed the way I thought. He changed my desires. My heart changed. And he didn't condemn me one time. He didn't fuss at me. There was conviction, but conviction means, hey, I want to do it different. I was so convicted about the canoe trip, but I wasn't condemned about it. I just wanted to change. And you know whose job that is? It's not mine, thank goodness. Guess whose job it is? Big HS, the Holy Spirit. I'm not making this up. This is so good. It's like I didn't even decide to repent. I didn't even decide, well, I'm going to get metanoia. The Holy Spirit did it for me. He changed my wanter. It's right out of the scripture. Watch this. John chapter 14, verse 16. If you got your Bibles, flip with me. Oh, Holy Spirit did it. That rascal snuck up on me. Made me not want to go on that canoe trip anymore. Look at this. Look in chapter 16, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Changed my wanter. Showed me that canoe trip wasn't who I wanted to be. And it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for the other guys that went. And so all of a sudden, he didn't say, I'm going to whoop your tail, boy, if you don't change. He just said, you don't really want to do that because it's not good for you. It's not going to help you and others experience abundant life, so stop it. And as Bishop Chuck said last, last Sunday, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to be like you, not like me. Look at another place in the scripture. The Holy Spirit led me into that truth. 
I didn't figure it out. It was a gift. Metanoia is a gift. Check this out. Chapter 14, verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. Well, who do you, who you think's revealing this to me? And if this is resonating with you, who do you think is resonate, making it resonate with you? If, you? if you are walking with the Lord, who do you think is the one that's saying, Bob, that's not a good idea for you? That's sin, and it's going to lead to destruction. Stop it. Or change your attitude about this. Who do you think is doing that? It's the Holy Spirit, and it's not mean. It's sweet because he wants the best for us. We're going to get to that in a minute. That's how we're going to end. I'm close to it. And so when I got in with the Lord, when I gave my life to the Lord and I became a, a real believer, I went from just going to church and checking it off to really wanting to walk with the Lord and begin, beginning that. It's straight out of the scripture in John chapter 3. Look in John chapter 3. Jesus says this to Nicodemus. When Nicodemus comes up and says, who are you? This is what Jesus says. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And then a few minutes later he says, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You must be born again. Now that's in John chapter 3, verse 3 through about 6 or 7. Well, what happened to me? I mean, I, li I lived this. I'm using my testimony. Maybe you can connect with it. But when I got in with Jesus, he and I said, I give you my life. I want to walk with you. The Holy Spirit came and lived in me. And where I was blind, the old Amazing Grace song, I was blind. But now I see. The lights came on. What I didn't understand or didn't see before or didn't want before, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit let me see. He let me see. Canoe trip's not good. Stop. I saw it. And it was the kindest, sweetest thing. I didn't want it anymore. I felt not one ounce of condemnation. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I was asking him to help me because I'm such a chicken liver. And he did it. And so when you give your life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. And guess what you get? You get the truth. He's going to guide you in the truth. He's going to convict you in the sweetest way ever. You don't gonna, you're not going to feel bad about it. You're going to say, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Help me. You had to beat anybody over the head. You don't erase it. You don't say, eh, 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 eh. the canoe trip's not really a, a problem. We're just going to play like it's not. You can't do that. It's, it was sin. It was not good. But I didn't feel one ounce of condemnation. I was wanting to run from it. And that didn't come from me. That came from the grace of repentance, the grace of metanoia, of changing my mind, changing my desires and my wanter. I don't want to do it anymore. You know, Romans 12, verse 1 through 2, 
want to read that real quick. Check this out. Paul writes in chapter 12, verse 1, or verse 2, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, that is, that is in essence, metanoia. He, he could have just said, repent. Because that's what that means. Be transformed by renewing your mind. The Holy Spirit's giving you a new attitude. Y'all remember that old Patti LaBelle song? I got a new attitude. Well, I got a new attitude when the Holy Spirit came into my life. My mind is being transformed to conform to him, not me conforming him to what I want and the way I think. The right view of repent, and I, I've, I've admitted that I, I've had some bad experiences, and you know those those bad connotations. I always thought, well, how in the world could somebody put that on a sign and be so mean spirited and condemn people when God is good and God is love and God is is compassionate? If repentance is like that, that can't be from God. Well, what I'm believing metanoia is, it's a gift, and it's coming from the heart of a father that wants what is best for his children. It comes from love. It doesn't come from a place of punishment. If God is love, then he is love. And when he says repent or metanoia for the kingdom of heaven is near, he's saying, I love you. I want what's best for you. Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. And this lifestyle, this behavior, this whatever is going to lead you to destruction if you don't change it. And he will point that out. But it's not coming from a mean place. And anybody that does it from a mean place that's condemning, that's not God's spirit. It's not because God is love. He is love. And there are people that misuse that. That's real. Part of the reason why I had a negative experience with it was because some of the people probably walking in it aren't walking in the right spirit. That's true too. Maybe they need to repent or get metanoia on how they understand this word. It's about love. But love leads to change. And love doesn't uh, erase sin. Love calls us out of it to a new place and a new way. Now that's metanoia. That's it. That's it. It's a good thing. It's a loving thing. You, you guys that are parents here, you can imagine, you know, when your kids are growing up, you tell them, you can't do that. You know, Robert, you can't ride your bike, bike across the street because, you know, you might get hit by a car. No, I won't get hit by a car. I'm old enough. I'm like, no, you're not. Well, why? I'd say, finally, you have to say, because I said so. But you're not doing it because you're trying to hurt them or 
or restrict or be mean or anything. You're trying to help them, protect them. And the scripture in, in Joshua chapter 7 verse 12 says, in the NIV version says, sin makes you liable for destruction. And so a good father, a loving father, wants to lead us away from those kinds of things because it doesn't end very well. And the canoe trip's a great example on me that, that changed. And it was him saying, you're better than that. I got a better way for you. Come on, follow me. And I was like, yes, sir. That's what I want to do. Wasn't, wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing and a loving thing. The heart of the father is to want what's best for his kids. Repentance is really a gift of grace. And I'm going to choose maybe to use the word metanoia. That just sounds cooler. And I think it conveys really what God's trying to say. Change. Change the way you think. So metanoia, line up with him because he loves us. You know, the woman that got caught in adultery, Bishop Chuck mentioned that last week, and I did too, two weeks ago. So something's going on with that. Looked at it again. Love the NIV ver version. It says, well, you know, the woman that got caught in adultery, and she got drug out in front of all the people. The religious people are like condemning her, saying, look, she's sinning. What are you going to do about it? You know, wanting somebody to say, you better quit. You're going to hell. You know, and all that, and holding up a sign saying, repent, or you're going to go to hell, and all that, you know. Jesus didn't do that. He just said, hey, I don't condemn you. But then he said this. I love this. This is Jesus' heart. But he said, but leave your life of sin. And the reason he said it is because he loved her. It's not going to end well if she keeps doing what she's doing. It wasn't from a mean-spirited, condemning place. It was from a loving place of a loving father wanting the best for his children. He came to give abundant life, and sin doesn't end up too well. It doesn't. But it comes from love. Now, I got a specific word for us, okay? This is a place where I believe the Lord wants to metanoia us because he's been metanoiaing me. See, y'all going to have to get metanoia too, okay? I believe through this process, you know, all things work for good. So when the Lord starts making you want to wrestle with something and dig in, he's wanting to do something good. The scripture tells us that. And so one of the things as I'm chewing on this and meditating on it is, I believe the Lord said, Bob, I want to grow you up. <laughs> and I want to grow Blue Jean up. I want to mature my children. I don't want them to stay stuck in religious mindsets, and it can be from any perspective, conservative, liberal, whatever. I want my children to follow me. I want to metanoia you and I want to metanoia my people at Blue Jean because he's really proud of us. We get that word all the time that we're doing. We're, it's like we're doing something really special and he's really pleased with it. But he's like, y'all got it going on, but I want to grow y'all up. I want y'all to be mature. 
And so I'm like, okay, okay. Well, how does that fit in with getting metanoia, right? Well, let me tell you what spiritual immaturity is what he's talking about. We may need to get metanoid. <laughs> we may need to repent from spiritual immaturity. And this isn't a word at anybody. He told me first. So I've had my, my toes stepped on delightfully this week. Okay? And I'm saying, step on them, Jesus. This feels good. I want to get metanoid. If I'm off base on what I'm doing, I want you to grow me up. Once you get in, I've been walking almost 30 years now. I ain't done. I'm still learning. I learned these last two weeks about repentance. And I'm going to keep on, and I want to. And you should too. It's a word for all of us. And let me tell you some of the symptoms of spiritual pride that will keep you immature and will keep me immature. I'm right. They're wrong. They're off base. I'm right. I got it figured out. And you're basing that on what you know. But if we're really walking with Jesus, we're like, Jesus met annoyed me every day. Because I want you. I want your truth. I don't want Bob's truth. Here's another one. Thinking you got it all figured out. And not even realizing you're doing it. You may not even know you're doing it or I'm doing it. He showed me some places that I was doing it. He did it to me on Friday morning with some of my prayer people. Helped me see. I got, a, I got metanoia Friday morning with a word somebody gave me. And it wasn't mean. They didn't even know they were metanoiaing me. But I, I changed the way I saw something. And it was from the scripture and it adjusted what I was thinking. So this isn't throwing shade on anybody, guys. I'm talking about me, but he's got a word for us and he wants us to grow up. He wants us to be mature. An unwillingness to budge or be open. It's another sign of spiritual pride. Nothing will keep you immature more than spiritual pride. And it's insidious. You can walk in it and you don't even know it. I would say this, if that striking a chord in you, take it to the Lord, just like I took what Bishop Chuck said to me, to the Lord. Ask him, Lord, am I doing that? Because I don't want to do that. Metanoia me if I am. Now the prescription, here's the prescription. If we're walking in that, and I think we all have, and we all probably will, <laughs> you know? And that's okay. But there's some scripture that I think deals with this. And listen to this one. It's in Psalm 86, verse 11. David says, teach me your ways, O Lord. That's humility. That's like, Lord, I want, I want you to metanoia me. I want you to show me the way. I don't want to hang on to what I've been taught and what I believe right now. If you want to change me, I'm willing to change with you. Just let it be the truth. I don't want my stuff. I want you. 
Here's the second one, James chapter 4, verse 6. God's close to the humble but far from the proud. Humility is the prescription. Humility, a humble heart. And how that plays out, I believe, is if you're convicted or if you hear something that makes you say, hmm, wonder about that. Instead of saying, well, that's not me. I'm not doing that. I'm not erasing the truth. I'm not making Jesus friendly. Now that's pride. That's spiritual pride saying, I got this figured out. I'm not doing that. But humility says, Lord, I don't want to do that. If I am, metanoia me. Help me repent. Help me to line up. Change the way I think and the way I act so it lines up with your truth and your love. Easy. There's nothing hard about that. There's nothing mean about that. There's also other things too. A teachable heart. I say it all the time. Lord, I want a teachable heart. I want a teachable spirit. I want you to show me. I don't want to make you an idol in my own image. I want you to make me in your image. So metanoia me to the gills. Give me the grace for repentance. Show me the places in my life and my attitudes and my thoughts and my understanding of your truth that needs to be changed. I'm willing. I'm not going to be dug in. I want your truth. And pray about it and ask him and seek it in the scripture and he will show you that is his promise. That's his function. It's his job. When I began to pray into this and wrestle with it, I said, thank goodness this isn't up to me. Because if it was, I wouldn't get it right. But you're the spirit of truth. It's your job to guide me on all truth. And it's your job to metanoia me. So just show me and I'll line up. And so I've adjusted a tad on this repentance thing. I saw some things that made me, made me not shy away as much, but made me understand that the root of this, it's a changed lifestyle, and it can involve individual action, but it's a mindset that covers a life, a lifestyle, and the Lord wants that for all of us. He's calling our church to not walk in spiritual pride, to humble ourselves before him and ask him where we need to be adjusted and corrected. And if you do that, he will. And you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Get ready. Because when he goes to metanoia, and he's going to show you some places you need to change and need to adjust, not just action, but also attitudes and thoughts. You're going you're gonna to get nudged. You're going to have to move. And it's great, you know, we come in and we say, yeah, we want to see people repent. We want to see people to change. It's all great when it's somebody else. But when you're looking at your own heart and the Lord's pointing out some things maybe where we've been walking, we didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. It wasn't like I was doing something intentional. But I, I realized, oh, Lord, I want to be like you, not me. So show me where I'm off base. Easy, loving, simple, metanoia, love it. Love it, love it, love it. 
love, I want to be metanoia. I'm not scared of the word anymore. I want to be, I want it. Come on, metanoia us, Lord. Easy, huh? And you know what will happen when we grow up? You know what's going to happen to us if we submit? If we, if we say, metanoia us, I want to repent. Come on, give it to us. You know what's going to happen? We're going to look more and more like Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we want to look like you. We want to think like you. We want to act like you. We want to love like you. We want to forgive like you. We want to walk in the truth like you. We want to walk in mercy like you. We want to love like you. We want to do everything like you. You're our hero. As we sang earlier in that incredible worship time, Lord, we exalt you. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that metanoias us, that changes the way we think and the way we want to act and the, what we're doing in our lives so that we can adjust to you, not the other way around. And Lord, as we pray that, I'm just 110% confident that you're going to do it. Your word tells us that when we pray in accordance with your will, and that would be 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 for anybody that wants to look it up. When we pray in accordance with your will, we will have, we have the confidence to know that we have what we've asked. And so I know that's in your will. And so we are 110% confident that you're going to grow us up, that you've got hearts here that want to follow you. We've got, you've got soft hearts here, teachable spirits here, teachable hearts here that are crying out for more metanoia. More. More metanoia, Lord. Because that helps us be more like you. We love you, Jesus. We pray that in your name. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.